very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. Politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. Welcome back to Chopper Profits, everybody. I'm Mike, I'm your host, and tonight I am joined by the TJ Styles from hey. TJ Brutal Customs. That's correct. And uh, you can check his site out and all his work at tjbrutalcustoms.com. He also has a store there. You can uh, purchase gear and goods. And yeah, so we're going to find out a little bit about TJ because uh, TJ, it's a little known fact, but um, I actually attended it and I really enjoyed it. Um, TJ threw a show was a year ago yeah 2013 get to the choppers and uh it was i thought it was pretty awesome because it was local it was free um there was a bunch of vendors there um people that that i knew people that i didn't know so it was a really great opportunity to get to know some people and um and they were giving away an awesome bike that tj built um and (laughs) and some people donated some uh some work to that as well so and we'll hear a little bit about that so hello Hi, how are you? <laughs> I didn't even give you a chance to say hello. Thanks for having me out. <laughs> hey, man, it's, it's my pleasure. I um, I was actually wanting to do this probably last season. I was thinking, you know, I, I knew what you were doing. I was watching your stuff. Instagram was the first place I oh, saw cool, you. Oh, cool, yeah. And then when I went to uh, get to the choppers, I thought, okay, I need to have them on the show. Because <laughs> That's awesome. You're doing something... Um, I don't want to say unique, but you are doing something unique. I'm, I'm going to say that. It, it, it totally is. When I started doing it, nobody was doing it. Right. And everyone told me, that stuff's gay. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm going to change it. I'm going to change the world. You're so, like, you're just homophobic because <laughs> these bikes are awesome. <laughs> Super awesome. <laughs> like an SS, I always, people go, why, why do you have SS bolts on your vest? I'm like, stands for super silly. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so what TJ is doing is uh, in the world of dominated by you know Harley bikes and choppers and, and uh, bobbers and triumphs and whatever other term you want to throw around, cafes, let's not forget cafes, mm. um, TJ set about to build really awesome, mostly shadows, Honda shadows, right? Primarily 600 750s, yeah. And, and as I, I didn't know this, but as I started kind of looking into it, you can prick, you can pick those bikes up pretty inexpensively, um, you know, used, um, not maybe not brand new, and you they, can do a yeah, lot they with them. Making, um, they stopped making the 600 in 2008, which was the only midsize that Honda offered okay. chain drive, and now all their stuff is like shaft drive, and yeah. it sucks. <laughs> My poor shaft-driven little Yamaha over there. <laughs> Don't you worry, honey. <laughs> So TJ's been TJ's been building out these bikes, and uh, like I said, if you haven't seen them, go to Instagram and follow. It's at TJ Brutal Customs. Yep, very simple. Very simple. I like simple. Yep, I do too. <laughs> and uh, and also TJBrutalCustoms.com, and you can look at this uh, gallery and some of the stuff that that you've built. And we're actually I started taking customer submissions too. So cool. like if customers have bought some of my parts and put them on their bike, yeah, I'm encouraging people to email those to me so I can put them up on the website. Right on. I mean, who doesn't want to put their bike on a website? You right. Know? So, I mean, it's not like I, there's a whole bio or anything, but just send me your pictures and 
I'll put it on the website and that way people can go there and see a bunch of different builds and how other people have interpreted, you know, the art of the chopper. So. Right. Well, and, and I think that's what you said is something important to, to kind of address and talk about. Uh, we don't have to, you know, talk it out, but it's, it's important that, you know, if we take the whole chopper thing back, I don't know, maybe to the 60s, 70s, mm-hmm. you know, there was a time when Honda was really kind of coming in and they were saying, you know, you meet the nicest people on Honda, Right. And maybe not everybody could afford uh, a Harley at the time, or maybe they just didn't know where to pick one up. I don't know. But there was there were Honda choppers. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and they were destroying Harley. What do you think? Hap- <laughs> what do you think AMF was? The dark ages for Harley <laughs> right. because the metrics came in and blew everyone away. And still today, even on, like the tracks, yeah. like you talk to any of the like guys who do Harleys today, mm-hmm. like and who the guys who are doing building race bikes, you know, or. Um, and doing the flat tracks or the dirt tracks, uh, there, you ask any of them, they'll say, "Oh yeah, the metrics are still kicking Harley's butt." Right. You have to do a lot to a Harley, right, to make it fast. And even then, uh, well, with any bike, pretty much, you can either have really fast or really reliable. <laughs> you really can't have both. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when it comes to like Harley's or British bikes, however, metrics mm-hmm. that rule kind of goes out the window you can have a really freaking fast and really reliable bike right you know you're probably going to end up with a crotch rocket but sure you know you can actually bridge that gap whereas with a harley it's a lot harder to do it takes a lot more work and effort but a lot of people really enjoy that that's that's i think part of the draw for like why the hell would you build an old knucklehead it's a piece of crap right. it was engineered <laughs> when they didn't have computers doing everything so right. was, nothing was perfect right. so everything leaks all the seals are uneven you know and all oh, this is ten thousands off this is seventeen thousands off there you know yeah everything's all cattywampus and uh but part of that i think is the the, the draw there is um rediscovering that engine yeah. and figuring out its personality and what it needs and um Nursing it along, you know, and right. try and, and what a triumph of man. I made this ancient <laughs> pile of crap run and I rode it all the way to Mexico. You know, it's kind of something cool to say, you know, right, right. I mean, it's not, that's never been my big thing, but I, I do enjoy working on old metrics. They're kind of fun. Um, they're pretty formulaic now for me. I mean, it's someone throws one at me and I go, okay, A, B and C, that'll make it work. Yeah. But with the Honda shadows, what I really like is the fact that the engineering is second to none. Hmm. Um, Honda ever since, uh, before Pearl Harbor, <laughs> hmm. they have been making really good stuff. They actually made the piston rings that went in the Toyota, uh, engines in the Kamikaze planes. Huh. So yes, actually, uh, something I, I would like to bring up is the fact that people always, uh, I don't think there's a whole lot of information out there about how metrics came to be such a big powerhouse okay. in today's motorcycle industry. So when... We dropped bombs on Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Mm-hmm. There was something called the Potsdam Convention. And there were terms that had to be signed by a representative <clears throat> of Japan. Mm-hmm. And those terms stated they can no longer possess the means to create a warhorse. Hmm. They can no longer um, upkeep the machinery, the factories to create a war machine to attack America ever again. Okay. Or for a certain period of time. So they have all this stuff and all these people have all this knowledge of how to build planes and motors and tanks and things. They can't do anything with it. So what do they do? Eventually they came out with a Honda Civic, which will run 400,000 miles and never die. So (laughs) that's basically what happened was they had to start building motorcycles and Honda started making their motorcycles called the Bada Bada, which is the first one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Eventually became the Honda Dream. Okay. Um, But they were originally made out of uh, field... um, 
field radio generators. Interesting. They had ra- generators for the radios in the field. Okay. And they had this surplus. So Soichiro Honda bought a surplus of 500 of them. And in a 12 by 15 shop with 10 guys, they produced Honda's first, like, pro- quote-unquote production motorcycle. That's awesome. So from there, I mean, there's there's some really it's, – it's a really cool story if you ever want to read about, like, how Honda came up. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he originally started making piston rings for the Toyota um, airplane motors. And Toyota originally made the Kamikaze motor. So. I, I did not know that at all. I would guarantee – well, I wouldn't guarantee it, but I would guess that probably a majority of the people listening to the podcast and, and this webcast did not know that either. It, it's pretty cool. And that then the water cool. cooling aspect of their bikes, like yeah. – that is, I mean, my bike has at least 400,000 miles on it. It's a Honda wow. Shadow 2006 VT600, um, and I ride it like my balls are on fire. I'm trying to put them out. <laughs> In the words of my one of my friends, yeah. he's, he's like, dude, this you chill out. I can't follow you. Um, but it's it, – there's that. There's a lot of double redundant systems they put on their bikes mm-hmm. to ensure – the bike is a, is a good quality bike and it's going to last, you know, their, their cylinders aren't in line. Right. Um, a lot of, uh, Harley cylinder, I think all of them are actually in line. Hmm. They're right behind each other. So despite the fact you have cooling fins, this cylinder never gets less than 150 degrees of heat Right. all the time when you're riding, you're sitting now, it's just baking in itself, its own heat, Right. but Honda offset the cylinders. So the rear cylinder gets a little more more love because the front cylinder has exhaust coming out right. and the cylinder's making heat. Right. So let's push it out to the side so it gets a little more fresh air. Right. So, I mean, the, the engineering is amazing. There's that, and I've also heard... Uh, pardon me. I've mm-hmm. also heard that with Harley... Um, and I, you know, I ride a Harley. That's the yeah. secret. I know lots of people that do. Yeah. But with Harleys, that it's not the most efficient engine. No. It's especially on wear and tear. Like the way that the... You know, it's a 45, right? It's a twin. And the way that it's uh, angled, it's something to do with that. And, and I'm just a novice when it comes to this. Like, you don't take my word for it. Go research it if you if you really want to know. I'm just putting it out there as something to think about. Mm-hmm. I love Harley. I'll continue to ride Harley. It's just my preference. Yeah, um, of course. But I do love all motorcycles. Like, I've ridden. Uh, my first bike was an 87 VFR uh, Honda 50, uh, 750. Uh, <laughs> it was before the R's, you know. So this was... Yep. Yeah, it's just a big old bike. It was awesome. Though. I loved it. Um, that was my first bike I bought. The first one I ever rode was a was a Honda Trail Seventy. You know, I used to own one. I loved them. They're still rad. I would love They're to have one. They're super fun. <laughs> They're very whimsical looking. Yes, it's like very fun to ride. Someone was inspired by a hair dryer and then built this. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what leftover part was used, <laughs> right? To build the Honda Seventy. <laughs> but, <clears throat> but I have heard that Harley's that the design of the Harley motor is not efficient in that. It's not built no. to last for hundreds of thousands I mean, of miles. Oil cool? What? Yeah. When was the last time you put a cup of oil on a table and it cooled off quickly in the air? I don't it, know. it it really it really doesn't. And I, I I'm and I, I want to be clear that I don't hate Harleys. I have nothing yeah. against them, but I just feel that uh, a lot of metric bikes have superior engineering. Yeah. And it's not that if you ride a Harley, you're an idiot or you're you have poor taste it's like a box of crayons someone likes the orange ones someone likes the blue ones right but the blue still, ones are more efficient still fr- <laughs> no, it's totally still kidding. a freaking crayon you know like <laughs> right. we all enjoy it and i just i like i mean everybody has a reason they like a harley you know right. um but that's really i when i first got the bike 
Uh, I bought it in Oregon. Okay. I actually hated motorcycles. I, just, <laughs> I really did. I told him really he was going to die. <laughs> and he's like, no, dude, you got to ride my bike. It's called Intruder. It's a 1,400cc bike. It's amazing. I'm like, I don't know. He's like, it's like riding a pirate ship. I'm like, okay, fine, fine, <laughs> fine. I'll ride the damn That's thing. The just so you shut the hell up. It's like riding a pirate ship. That's yeah, awesome. I, right? <laughs> He's like, you got to do it. It's so badass. Your balls just get huge. <laughs> All right, okay. So I rode it and I was gone for like an hour. <laughs> yeah. You were sailing the seas. I was seas. like, I was sailing the seven seas, pillaging, man. It was great. <laughs> so awesome. I went down the Honda dealership and they had the 2006 model. Um, had just come out and... Is like, you know, they released the 2006 model like eight months before 2006. And they're like, yeah, but we, we uh, you know, it's got a ding on the tank here. It's a little scratch or something. Mm-hmm. So we'll sell it for cheap. And I was like, okay, cool. Let's put some money down. And it started pissing rain. And so I had to ride the bike home in the rain for the first time I ever rode. And it awesome. did not stop raining for two months till I left Oregon. <laughs> So Did that play into your decision to leave Oregon? Uh, it, it always has. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So I, it just, I didn't like the way it looked. It was ugly. It was too shiny, yeah. uh, too pretty for me. And I, uh, I've always been kind of a, well, if it's broken, try and fix it. Worst that happens is it's still broken. You know, yeah. it's been my philosophy for ever. And, right. um, so I started pulling apart and I was like, how can I make this thing not sound like a dry fart in the wind? Right. <laughs> because it did it did i will be honest it did yes yes only a little bit more uh reverb just a just a touch just just a touch yeah so uh, i started cutting it up and then i i met uh clint case from um bruiser custom cycles and he showed me how to weld and i put a solo seat on the bike hacked the fender off i was like well do i really need this nope we don't need those other blinkers that's there's <laughs> yeah. no and, and he convinced me he's like you need a, we need a speedometer for and i'm like so i can see how fast i'm going you dildo like yeah. come on man and he's like i was, thinking, he's, he's I was like, thinking you're gonna say for i can know how many miles i'm putting on the bike but no, he's like just you know take it off okay i'll put it on my shelf just right up here right up here see that right there yeah. and then in a week if you still want it back, I'll, you can have it. You just come by and pick it up. He's like, trust me, you're going to be free. And I noticed I wasn't doing this all the time. I wasn't like, right. you know. <laughs> doing the bob. Yeah, seriously. Okay. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> like saying prayers all the time, you know. Right. So I was like, yeah, you're right, man. It was great. I took the blinkers off and everything. And and then my buddy Tony's like, hey, I want, why don't you build me a bike like yours? I'm like, I don't have a shop or anything, dude. And he goes, well, how'd you make yours then? And I'm like. Good point. Okay. He's like, I'll pay you. And I'm like, seriously? Okay, fine. So I built this bike called the Zombie Chop, which took me like two freaking years, almost three years. Wow. But I ended up having to move out of the place that I was living. Yeah. And then I had to move everything to one shop and then moved everything to another shop. I moved like four shops in like two years. So that's why I think it really took longer than it. The downside, but the upside is you actually had a shop. I had friends with shops okay. that were like, that took pity on me. And they're like, yeah, this guy's an idiot. He's trying to build Honda shadows. Yeah, there's a corner over there. You can go work on your shit. In. You can go pee over there. I mean, work yeah. over there. There's a little place back there by the dumpster, you know? <laughs> so that's, uh, that's kind of how the whole thing started for me. I, I didn't even like motorcycles to begin with, but then let's, let's back up then and find sure, out, sure. um, kind of how, what was your life like growing up? Like, what was the, what was life like in the Styles household? Um, I probably should have done that closer to the mic. What was life like in the Styles household? Well, Jared, let me uh, let me tell you about that. It was uh, 
It was quite a peaceful time up until I hit about 12 years old, and then the, the cat died, so... And everything went to shit! Went to shit! Wow, where do I start? It, uh, I mean, up to like uh, 10, 11 years old, it was pretty kosher. Uh, lived in Pleasanton, California. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. I'm familiar. Pretty freaking big house. My parents were not poor, I guess. Uh, I never saw us as being like rich or anything, but... Sure. Um, and then moved to the Dominican Republic, wow. where I spent pretty much an entire year running around the jungle with a machete and a parrot on my shoulder. No joke. That is awesome. Um, There's nothing more pirate than that, by the it way. It was pretty cool. It's pretty cool. <laughs> and we lived in this little town called uh, Altos de Chabon, which is uh, a replica of a 15th century village on the French Riviera. Wow. And it's built on the cliffs of the Chabon River in the south of the Dominican Republic. So... That's awesome. Yeah, it's about seven or eight miles from Boca de Chavon, which is uh, the mouth of the Chavon River. Okay. And me and my brother would fish and go in the jungle. And I Sounds ate, like a terrible childhood. I ate ants. Nice. Um, I got drunk, I guess. I didn't know. But we had this huge cabana by the pool. Mm-hmm. And once a month, all like all the people who live there would get together and have a huge party. Mm-hmm. And so I drank the punch, of course, because punch. I mean, right. I'm, I'm like, it's 12 years old. Punch is punch. <laughs> I ended up like doing ballet to like Beatles songs or something. Like, it's just like, I, I, was, I don't even know. I was like, doing front flips over chase lounges. And, and, is uh, there or could there be video of this on no, YouTube? No. No, this is back in VHS days, you okay. know? Darn it. So, um, and then we, my, my grand, uh, grandfather passed away, moved back to California, ended up in Oregon about a year after that. And pretty much grew up the rest of my life in Oregon until like 19. Um, I moved to Vegas, which is a terrible place to live, mm-hmm. uh, for me at least. Um, but yeah, my, my parents got divorced so in, that, in that period. My mother kind of went a little, ooh. So. <laughs> Did she go, ooh, before they got divorced? or? Yeah, it was yeah. kind of a long time coming. But, yeah. you know, um, just really not the greatest mother in the world um <laughs> but i went to like I, I was 21 and i'm like i, I want to go to therapy for this and yeah. make sure like i don't destroy my life because of some weird stuff that i'm stuffing in a box right. in the back of my heart or something you know right. so um there's no shame in therapy no 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 it was, re- it was really really good experience for me and my brother's actually uh um doing some counseling stuff too and he's you know because he had to live with her as well and mm-hmm. um He's on, you know, good terms with her now. I unfortunately can't anymore. It's just, but yeah. I tried and it's just not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> not going to, not going to work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so my dad, I still talk to my dad. Um, I got a little sister who lives in San Francisco, okay. but yeah, it's not like the closest knit family. We're all kind of spread out, but, uh, you know, we also love and respect each other. So, so at what point then, um, cause we talked about Oregon, right? You were in Oregon and then did you move to Vegas for a stint before California? <clears throat> yes. I moved to Vegas with a band. Um, Oregon was like where I pretty much developed all my ideas about mechanics. I built a go-kart. Nice. Um, I sold the go-kart to buy my first drum kit. Awesome. <laughs> uh, I came up on a trail 70. I painted like some ridiculous amount of white fence. I swear it was like Tom Sawyer shit. <laughs> They're like, cool, here's a golf cart. And I'm like, there's like 20 gallons of paint in the back. You're going to need it all. Yeah. And you'll need the golf cart. What? Yeah. They gave me the golf cart so I could like scooch it along the fence while I was painting. You right. know, I was like 13, 14 years old. I think it was our landlord's house. I got a visual of you. Basically, paint paint can here. You're driving like this one way. Paint, dip, drive. 
I should have thought of that. Two U-turn, paint dip out this side. Back then, it was work hard, not smart. I don't know if the paint, if the fence ever would have got painted that way, but it was fun. They they gave me they were like yeah well if you finish painting this we'll pay you this amount of money and I was really into hunting and fishing at the time mm-hmm. and I um and they opened the garage one day I was like oh that's kind of cool what is that oh it's a little haunted trail seventy so I tore my Achilles tendon trying to kick it over <laughs> after I painted the fence of course mm-hmm. but they said I could keep it so um yeah my parents let me stay there for like three days to paint the fence it was our landlord's wow. But yeah, it was, it was kind of cool. They were never home and I was just painting a fence all day. Right. So when you're 14 years old, you live in the middle of nowhere. And, um, so I developed a really good work ethic as a young child. Uh, I had to mow our 13 acre lawn every weekend, which with a push mower. So what? Yes. Oh my God. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. I'm super serious about that. Now I know why you went to therapy. Uh, uh, So I saved up my money and I bought a freaking riding mower off some old lady out of the newspaper. That's right. And it didn't work. So okay. I had to get it working. Okay. So I figure, well, it's the worst that could happen. It's still broke, and then I just yeah. have to pay some a professional to do it. Right. Right. So. But yeah. you got it working. I got it working, and it was amazing. That's it was right. Wonderful. It, I get the whole lawn done like seven hours. It's great. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Whereas before, it would take you all week. Whereas before, it was like Saturday, eight a.m. You're mowing the lawn. Yeah. Eight p.m. You have to stop because it's dark. Right. <laughs> Sunday, eight a.m. You're still mowing the lawn. <laughs> Just in time for the sun to go down, you finish. And you're going back to school. <laughs> exactly. <Crap. laughs> this weekend suck. So, yes, I did I did go to Vegas to answer your question. I'm sorry for the rabbit trail no, there. No, but, no. Um, moved to Vegas with a band. Um, we Second worst reason stuff. to ever move to oh, you're Absolutely, absolutely. If I could go back and talk to past me, I'd be like, dude, don't be a bitch. Yeah. This is a bad idea. <laughs> Girls and Although, bands, don't move for them. <laughs> I have to say, I'm really glad I did. Yeah. I made some bad choices, uh, but... I'd like to think that if I went back, I'd make a different choice, but a good portion of me says like, I wouldn't, I'd make the same choice. And it was part of your journey to get you where you are now. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah, we went on tour, uh, got stuck in Oregon and I was like, well, F this, I'm (laughs) back in Oregon again. What the fuzz? (laughs) So they're like, Oh, we're going to LA. I'm like, okay, fine. All right. We're going to LA. So, I said, F it all, quit my job, moved to L.A., and then it turns out the singer ended up being like a child molester, and he's like, which really sucks because I used to teach him, I taught him how to play misfit songs before he ever knew how to play guitar. Wow. Like, he was really good at skating, and I was good at playing guitar. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I taught him like guitar stuff and we go skate the parks together. He was a really cool dude. Yeah. But somewhere on the line, like he got a really big head and became a very selfish person. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> it's very easy. confrontational too. It's easy to do on, especially if you're out on the road. I mean, we, no, that was the thing. We never really went on the road. It was, it, was, it was pretty much like local or, I mean, mm-hmm. we really didn't even get to play many shows with, because it, it's a, that's a whole other interview i'm sure but um that's why i moved back to california and then um i quit the band and 17 seconds later everybody else did too so when they found out i quit so uh and i was riding my bike to work and stuff and just kept working my way up and um got hired at affliction um met a bunch of really cool people there like john moss joey bago um met some really cool people but they let me go and I was like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? My brother was like, dude, don't be a little girl. 
Let's go on. Just build bikes. And I was like, I don't know how to run a shop. What the hell? Yeah. Ah, and I was just like in panic mode because I had like $200. Right. And I was like, I can't even pay rent. And he's like, dude, just take a deep breath and you can make this happen. He's like, what do you need? What do you, does your shop need anything? I was like, I freaking need a new welder and a compressor. He goes, okay, I'm going to buy a new welder and a compressor. It's not a gift. It's not a loan. Just take it. Huh. I want your business to do well. I'm like, are you serious? He goes, yeah. So that literally, I had $200, a grinder and a drill press. And huh. from that, now I have a web store with almost 100 products on it, a website. Um, and now there's all these dudes popping up who are like this Bob or this Bob are doing shadows that are like, right. <laughs> <clears throat> which is sad because some of them don't know what they're doing and they're doing dangerous shit. Yeah. I mean, competition, I welcome competition because – I've been doing this longer than you. Yeah. And I'll kick your butt. Right. Bring it on. <laughs> That's healthy. Bring it on. That's healthy. It's going to be fun, you know? And if somebody else, you know, it, somebody else wants to do their own thing with shadows, cool. That's great, yeah. you know? Um, but some of these guys, like, their bikes have been trucked into my shop from four or five states away hmm. because they're using residential twist caps for electronics. What? They're putting aftermarket exhaust on intake not rejetting they're leaving recalled parts on the bikes hmm. just because you have a good painter doesn't mean you're a good builder mm-hmm. just can put that out there yeah because i got a really good painter which i rarely use mm-hmm. because i want people to know that i actually can build something sure. that's decent you know i mean it's not the best out there. there's guys that are way better than me but but I, i've seen your stuff you know and i haven't ridden anything that you've built Hint, hint. Welcome to any time. <laughs> awesome. It worked. Yeah. Um, but I've seen up close. I mean, I saw the, uh-huh. the, the bike you gave away. I yeah. forget the name of that bike. GTTC1. Is that what it was? Get to the Choppers See, 1. Okay. See, I would have never remembered it. If it hadn't been named like the, the Rebel or something. I was going to call it the right. Penetrator, but I, because that was my way of penetrating into the local scene yeah. and letting people know, hey, I'm serious about this. Yeah. This is something I love to do. And hopefully people just take me a little more seriously. I mean, I'm not a super serious dude, but, right. you know. Um, but they, that name would have just got shredded. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly why I did. But it was, it was, I mean, it was cool to be able to, you know, show my respect to the other guys who've been around mm-hmm. a lot longer and let people know I'm not here to – that's why I don't build Harleys. Uh, one of the big reasons is because I have so many friends that do. Yeah. Like those guys are good. I'm like, dude, why would I even start trying that? Like right. it'd be 20 years before I'm even at that level. Like, <laughs> okay, come on, Scotty. Like, really, am I going to, no, I'm not yeah. building Harleys. I'm going to build Hondas. Just, you know, um, well, one could argue too. I'm going to say this and sound all intelligent. Hmm. <laughs> one can argue that because the, the market is so flooded, I mean, in the last I'm, I'm going to say within the last like three years because mm-hmm. that's how long I've been in and around you know the, the Harley scene out here or the chopper mm-hmm. scene out here. Um, one could say, and I've seen it just start to explode in that I've asked myself, is it because I just came into it and now I'm fully realizing the size of it or is it because I came into it and I've watched it kind of grow? And I'm pretty sure it's grown. I've talked to some other people who've been in it and around it for a long time. And look at Born Free. That's a very good example of. Yeah. And that's, I mean, <clears throat> that's a local show. Right. We don't think of it as that. We just like, oh, it's this big show, you know. But it's it, excuse me. We think of it as a local show, but everybody else in the world sees it as, oh my gosh, Born Free. Uh, it's the premiere. It's super show. cool. Yeah. Now it's like becoming 
super huge, you know? I mean, Sturgis is about, you know, old titties and tassels and big baggers. (laughs) And now we have Born Free, which is like... Yes. Oh, no. Big, yeah. Saggy titties and... All, it. It's all. It's all just it's something. All something's a bag. <laughs> <laughs> There's sacks and bags and yeah. saggy titties. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's Sturgis. Sturgis is fun. Don't get me wrong. It was a blast, and it uh, it goes for way too long. If you're an alcoholic, don't go to Sturgis. By the way. Yeah. Um, but Born Free is more of the. I feel like it's. Uh, it's like a, a teenage version of the Chopper Show. You know, there's not. It's like, oh, dude, I want, you know, like uh, the world is my fucking oyster. Like yeah. all the opportunities are available to me. We can make this happen. Like it's very fresh. It's very, um, that sounds really, really lame, but it is super, it's super, super fresh. Yeah. It's not a recycled. I think that's a way to describe it other than, you know, I mean, and yeah, there's, there's the, so many other words you could use that are probably thrown around buzzwords all the time, but yeah, it's, and it honestly, it does kind of bum me. I've been to every single one mm-hmm. since the very first one which is more of like a garage party than anything else. Mm-hmm. But it was super cool. Yeah. Really cool. I met some really awesome people every single time I go. I meet amazing people. And I, um, this is the first year, this last year is the first year I had a booth. Hmm. Um, How'd that work out? It was great. Yeah. I mean, it's not events like that. You're not like, oh, I'm going to make a bunch of money. Right. It's about putting your face out there and yeah. just talking to people, making it's, connections, making friends. It's more of a marketing type thing. I mean, yeah. I, I know I don't want to say that, but that's the business behind it where you're kind of like, hey, I'm here. Yep. Like Tony from Land Speed. Yep. I mean, he was like, I didn't buy a booth or get a booth so that I could, you know, sell a ton of t-shirts. He's like, that's not no. how I make my money. No, I put some t-shirts up. I put some parts out, you know, if someone yeah. wants one. Yeah, here you go. Cool. You know, bonus. Right. But the majority of the um, the point of being there is uh, to show people who come out, you know, what what's going on with the chopper industry, what you're doing with your shop. Like, yeah. talk to people, share with them, bring a bike or two out, you know. It's, uh, it's a big hangout. Yeah. <laughs> And the corporate sponsor thing kind of bummed me out, but I mean, who doesn't get bummed out when corporate sponsors jump in? Although right. I understand it from a businessman's point of view, I understand that you do have to have the funding for certain things to happen. Right. And I run my shop by myself, and I have no life. Yeah. <laughs> so I understand. So you can imagine Grant and Mike just being. Like, there they have. They uh, probably had no life. Plus, they had fam- You know. I know Mike has a family and kids and I can't, Grant was I getting can't even imagine, dude. Yeah. I, I cannot imagine. Like I'm single. Yeah. So it, it was it's hard for me running just a shop, you yeah. know, taking care of orders, custom builds, custom orders, like emails. I have two hundred and sixty one emails in my inbox right now. <laughs> when I left the shop. Nice. So And they'll be there tomorrow morning. Uh, hopefully we'll get it down to like two fifty one. I'm really hoping. But it's <laughs> you know, it's a. Uh, Stuff like Born Free is like it's changing the way the the industry is moving, and you are right; it's it is growing. And I've been yeah. watching it for probably a little closer, I guess, for the last seven eight years. And um, I mean, Chop Cult popped up. Yeah, you know, I was around when Chop Cult just started up, and um, I just don't have time to get on stuff like that a, a yeah. lot. But I still try to stay connected, and like if people have questions, I'll help out. Um, you know, and I. I, I'm not going to say I know everything about a Honda Shadow, but it's been a long time since I've learned something about a Honda Shadow. Sure. So I think I would go without saying. I mean, if you're constantly working on an iPhone 4, like if you're constantly troubleshooting it and taking it apart and putting new parts on it. You're the iPhone 4 guru. You're going to become yep. pretty familiar with the iPhone 4. However you refer to yourself, whatever. Like if, if I don't know anything about iPhone 4s, yeah. I'm going to come to a guy who's always looking at them. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, And I, I realize that. I know that I have a lot of knowledge that people – are going to need and mm-hmm. people want and m- 
my whole mission is like I want other people to get on their bike. Yeah. I want people to get out there and enjoy what I enjoy. I want people to be grinning from ear to ear, get that helmet therapy in. I think the world would be a much happier place if everybody got at least a bike ride in, you know, every couple days. I think it'd be a safer place if all drivers were required to ride motorcycles. I for like fully two agree. Years. I fully agree. <laughs> Absolutely. There'd be less accidents, I think. Yeah. Maybe in the beginning when everyone has to start learning to ride. But yeah. It's it's scary. I've been down eight times now, wow. and I have a few scars, but never broke a bone. Mm. Never knocked unconscious. Um, most of them are pretty like low speed, under thirty miles an hour. But it's, it's scary. But Still at the same time, <coughs> same time, I was like, nope, getting right back on, getting right back yeah, on. Yeah. Because if I wait a week, it's gonna be like, ah, no, no, yeah. <laughs> it's don't, gonna hurt me. Don't make me push the start button. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I've thought about the same thing. I've you know. I've only had – I've had a couple of close calls, but I've had uh, one time early on. It was on the VFR, and I was doing a U-turn. It was the stupidest way you could possibly drop a bike. That's what I did. Oh. U-turn, hit some gravel in the center area between a two-lane. Where no one ever rides Where no one ever you. rides. And I went, pump, dropped the bike and you know hurt my knee. And, but I picked it up myself, and I was like yep. an 18-year-old kid, picked it up myself and got back on it and rode. Good, good. Because I knew, A, I wasn't going to leave it there, and B, if I didn't get back on right then. What, are you going to sit there and cry? Yeah. I did a little bit when I got home. <laughs> <laughs> I was 18. It hurt. Because the bike got damaged. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I was more pissed about the bike than I was about my knee. <coughs> oh, that's funny. So, because what I was leading to before with uh, with Born Free and yeah. you know everything kind of exploding is that, you know, the price of one could argue that the price of sporties has gone down, right? You can pick up a sportster, yeah. a decent sportster for you can get them used for pretty cheap too. There's little flies around here, spectators. <laughs> yeah, spectators. They're Good. quiet. It's cool. We have a studio audience today, um, <laughs> but yeah, sportsters have come down in price. I mean, they've, they've always kind of been around like the four to five grand mark yeah. for a used sporty, um, but everyone's running out buying you know a shovel head or if they can afford it, pan head or they're buying an Evo. And they're you know working on it and chopping it out, whatever. Mm-hmm. That also, to me, says, hey, there's this whole other realm, especially when you can build them out looking really killer. Um, there's this whole other realm with Hondas who are super dependable, easy to find parts for. It's and I, and I've had someone yeah. who also works on Hondas tell me that you know <laughs> I talked to him about my Yamaha and he says, mm-hmm. just know it's not a Honda. You know, and that to me speaks volumes. Yeah. I know that when I start getting into it, yeah, it's an import, yeah, it's metric. And yeah, I can probably find parts inexpensive for it, but the internals are going to be different than a Honda, slightly different. Yeah, than a Honda. yeah. There's, I mean, there's a lot of, like I said earlier, there's the engineering superiority is is very prevalent. Once you start working on like a Honda Shadow, I'll just say you start pulling things apart, and it's everything's very well thought out. Mm-hmm. It's really um, somebody took the time to think five steps ahead, ten steps mm-hmm. ahead. Um, if I want to do this with the motor, why do I have to do 17 steps before it? Like a lot of the early Yamahas, right. um, like the XS650 was, did you know that was the first bike that Yamaha built that was bigger than 350 cc's? I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. And it has somehow become this cult classic motor, right. which is <clears throat> really not a very good motor. <laughs> I'm just going to out and say it. It's yeah. not a great motor. It's like the American version <laughs> of the Triumph, right? But but it, not as well made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kawasaki actually made a bike. I believe it's called like a 650V, mm-hmm. which was a copy of like 
I, I'm spacing the name, but there's a, um, a British bike that they it literally you look at the side and you're like that kind of looks like a Norton. Hmm. It, it's a it's an inline twin cylinder 650 cc's. Uh, the top looks like a BSA. Interesting. You know, um, and it was Kawasaki but, that built that. Yeah. However, the uh, the guy who runs who ran BSA years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they took the bikes out and they're racing them, he he they get to check out each other's bikes, you know, and mm-hmm. like they get to see him. And there's an interview with him saying, "This is by far one of the best engineered bikes I've ever seen." Wow! This motor, I he's like, it looks a lot like this, but it's the engineering is far beyond what we're doing. Hmm. So, <clears throat> you know, um, the metrics again, they got that jump start yeah. while we were still you know putzing around and with with the Harleys over here, they're building you know, basically the predecessor of the crotch rockets mm-hmm. over in Japan. Right. And they're decades ahead of the curve. So that's, and they still, they still pretty much are. I mean, well, that's kind of to my point or what I was trying to get to was with, um, you know, if you're, if you don't have all this money to dump into mm-hmm. a sporty, or if maybe you're like me, you're a Sasquatch and you don't fit on a sporty, <laughs> but you want yeah. a bike, you want a chopper. Yeah. You know, your options are kind of limited or you could, buy a honda shadow mm-hmm. like and and 650 isn't like the only motor they make there's there's no. larger 750s, motors 1100s, yeah. There's, yeah there's tons so of you them. could go with a larger motor you could take it to tj and you could have them you know stretch out and the frame the, yeah there's all bit. sorts of stuff you can do to them <laughs> and they're they're still very comfortable yeah so so and that and that's i guess what i was kind of thinking is that um it's good a that you're on here and b that you're doing what you're doing because i i i like to see i don't want to say the underdog because i don't consider you an underdog you're just not one who's marketed yourself to to really put yourself out there to say like, "Hey, I build Hondas. Like, I build Honda choppers and bobbers. Like, come get your bike built by me." I probably should, which might actually help my financial situation more. But, <laughs> but you've done a you good know. job with grassrooting what you have. I just turned that into a verb. You, yes, you've grassrooted yes! yourself to a point where you're able to make a living doing what you love and building quality bikes. And that's there's something to be said for that. I have to say, like like tonight, I was I was messaging you earlier. Like I had a little meltdown issue. Um, customer service is the number one thing because I I didn't start this with a lot of capital. Mm-hmm. I don't have any financial backing. I had no savings. Um, I had next to no tools. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and so it's been kind of a crazy adventure. But what I do have is the ability to offer someone a personal experience. Yeah, I can I I can help them. I can call them on the phone. I can email them. Um, that's something that I've been, I'm really proud of that I've I've stuck with is taking care of people. Yeah, you know. And this guy was like bummed out about a shipping issue I've been having, and um, you know somehow one of his emails I I missed it. It's my, my fault. That but, was 251 <clears throat> of the 250. 261 actually. Sorry. 60, so yeah. that was the 262nd <laughs> or 261st. Yeah, <laughs> that you missed. Somehow, I mean, I, I mean, but I, I, this guy wrote me this long email, and he's just really, you know, bummed out. Right. I was like, dude, call me. Here's my cell phone. Call me. I'll pick up. Hmm. So he calls me. And I said, hey, man, uh, honestly, I, I could, I could say I'm sorry a million times, but how can I, uh, how can I um, affect some sort of recompense for, right. for the way you feel? You know, tell me what you'd like to do, and I'm happy. I'm happy to do it. Because at the end of the day, even if you don't want my products anymore, I'd at least like to be able to put forth the effort to make it up to you. Sure. Um, if I made a mistake here, I'm willing to admit it. I'm really sorry for that. But let me show you that I care 
right. about you. And at the end of the conversation, the dude's super stoked. His buddy came in. He put me on the phone with his buddy who's just bought a shadow and he wants this part and that part. And I'm like, wow, this turned into from a really shitty email yeah. from someone that was very displeased with a situation. Um, it wasn't really – I had no control over it, but it's my business. Right. So – the fault is mine. At, at the end of the day, I have to take responsibility for yeah. that. So it turned into a really great thing, and that's really what I've I've aimed to do. And I said, dude, I encourage you to leave me a review, whether it's good or bad. You want to share the experience, leave it. I'm post I post all my reviews, whether it comes from Yelp or Facebook, they all go on my website now. Hmm. So I I don't have any bad ones that I know of. I haven't found any, but I'm sure they'll come one day. You know. Wait till Yelp tries to extort you. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> they do that. Yeah. It happened to a barber friend of mine. Really. Yeah. And I've I've heard it from local like other small local businesses where they'll I don't I don't know if they hire people to do bad reviews, but there are bad reviews and in order to get them off, you have to pay them to get those removed. Oh wow, that's, that's, that's jacked up. Yeah. That yeah. is so jacked up. If I'm wrong, so here's an opportunity for you guys <clears throat> to interact. If I'm wrong about Yelp and you work for Yelp or you know someone <clears throat> does Put an email out there, or you know, send me an email or something. And tell me I'm wrong. I'm, Let us I'm know okay what's up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like <laughs> but that's what I've that. heard, and that's what happened to a couple of friends of mine. So yeah. Um, so from a parts perspective, because mm-hmm. you you make all your own parts in house. Yeah, I have. I mean, I have some people that like I don't have a lathe anymore, or mm-hmm. I don't have a mill, so I have somebody else make the part for me. But it's okay. all my design. Um, before I make a part, especially okay, like my velocity stacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to make sure I wasn't like copying someone. Sure. And it's kind of an ambiguous part where it's like, well, you can kind of, it is always the same, like this bottle. Yeah. If I make a bottle, it's still a freaking bottle, dude. Right. You know, but, um, stuff like that. I mean, I, I'm, I'm really trying to focus on parts that never existed before. Okay. Um, I made DIY exhaust headers. I mean, they have the bosses and a collar mm-hmm. so you can buy that and build your own exhaust system on your Honda okay. for 750 and 600. They have them for every Harley out there, yeah. every Triumph, but nothing for the Honda Shadows. Yeah. So I made those. I designed those. That was a pain in the butt. <laughs> um, I've been blessed to meet some really cool guys. Rod at Art to Part. It's mm-hmm. a machine shop in Huntington Beach. Uh, big shout out to that guy. He has probably saved me thousands, tens of thousands of dollars. Hmm. Um just helping me and guiding me and just being excited to be a part of my business. And uh, any choice, any chance I can, I'd like to pump that guy because he's a really good dude, really cool to hang out with. And he's a great machinist. Awesome. Um, <clears throat> he does a lot of my parts for me. Um, as far as like the production runs, mm-hmm. um, I've got a buddy who, uh, John Rockwell used to work at uh, West coast choppers, really close friend of mine. He helps me out with some welding jobs sometimes. Um, it's funny how many people, <clears throat> and, I, and I've heard this from a few people now, different people I've interviewed, how many people used to work for West coast choppers and now have gone on to oh, do yeah. other things. It got really slutty at the end there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really did. <laughs> so, um, but like, you know, a lot of the parts I, I, I design them and I put them in production, the pipes, you know, stuff like that. Um, uh, nobody made a bolt kit for the Honda shadow. So I put a bolt kit out there. Nobody made, uh, the resistor caps with stock length ignition wire. Hmm. So I made the kit and put it on my website, like just filling the voids that were that, that are there. Because when I started doing this, mm-hmm. there was a massive void. No one had anything. Sure. The gas tanks I make, <clears throat> the seats, um, all the little tiny parts that go on the bike. I'm working, I've been working on a Springer forever and it just takes a lot of money. Yeah. 
a lot of money. So I want to give a uh, props to you, by the way, for that coffin tank that I saw that you did recently. Oh yeah, I, my bike has a coffin tank on it. Yeah. I get questions about it all the time. Some dude hit me up on Instagram. Instagram is great for my business, by the way. Like, oh yeah, so many. That's where like at least fifty to sixty percent of my business comes from. Yeah. But <clears throat> he's like, oh, I found this at a garage sale. Can you make me a tank for my shadow? I said, ship it out. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. That's the second one I've ever done. <clears throat> but well, the one I saw you working on. And I think recently, was, I think, yeah. And I think it yeah. was also on your bike, right? Your, your tank. My tank is, is the same one he it's found. Gone. Okay. Oh, it was, okay. It was made by some company uh, out of China. Okay. <clears throat> I actually have a really good relationship with Paco. Okay. Um, and I contacted them. I've contacted a lot of people about making tanks mm-hmm. and you have to make a die. Yeah. To press a tank out, which costs 15 grand. <sighs> yeah. So, Apparently, they threw the die away about five years ago. Oh, man. Ron Pa said, I literally remember throwing that away. Bummer. I'm like, oh, oh why? <laughs> Tears. No. Tears. If I had called you five years ago. Yeah. So, <clears throat> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm working on the, the Springer. I've got three or four more different exhaust designs I'm working with, doing a two into one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what else? Oh, uh, a fake oil bag that holds your electronics that has the coolant reservoir attached to it. I saw that. I saw um, the one that you did for. It had the uh, Jack Daniels bottle. Was that on? The, that's a cool. That's on the Get the Choppers bike. Okay. Yeah, that was. Awesome. I've done a couple bikes like that. I started doing that a while back, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's a great idea." Now it's pretty popular. You see it everywhere okay. now. Um, <clears throat> I've actually made a few bolt-on like casings mm-hmm. for different size bottles i did a crystal skull vodka one a while back it was just cool. leather with a little metal base but that's right fun stuff i like the one-off stuff yeah yeah um hardtail kit doing a hardtail kit for the 750s and the 600s okay um just started doing gas tanks for the 750s uh nobody makes really cool gas tanks for those nobody makes any gas tanks for them actually so right i was gonna say that seems like yeah it, it probably replacement tanks yeah. or people will take a, a sporty like a um just a little, you know, two gallon. But if you don't, if you, you don't set up the tunnel right, you don't set up the mounting points right. It right. just looks like, why is there a three inch gap between the end of the tank and the frame? <laughs> right. It's like sitting like it's, it's like true. sitting like this. There's a big gap, you know. Yeah. Um, what's you know, cool you about could the, lower that tunnel and get rid of that gap and would, get more fuel. Takes work. Never takes mind. a lot of work. Yeah. So I mean, I have jigs for everything now, like fixtures sure. that it's a formula that I can repeat over and over. Yeah. So I don't have to charge like nine hundred bucks to build a freaking tank. Well, and you don't make mistakes that you would make if you're doing a one-off right? exactly you exactly work through all that process yep. and yep i have yeah. i have some some parts i can water jet mm-hmm. and have creases or, or like crease points marked in them so i need to make a crease here or put in a break and bend it there yeah um really stoked about getting the hardtails done because that means i can start offering sissy bar kits awesome and pe- different uh fender kits mm-hmm. um that's gonna be really fun i already got necks made i have honda shadow necks okay um and within the next two years, I hope, within, uh, I'll have full frames out. <clears throat> That'll be so. awesome. So literally, I go buy a shadow and I'm like, eh, I'm going to just go buy this hardtail kit. I'm, I mean, the whole the whole frame yeah. kit yep. with I, I my fender and everything. And that's I, I want to push it. That is that is what I, I dream about. I mean, I'm working on a MIG control set, which I'm not releasing any pictures of because there's so many people out there that have already started copying things I'm doing. It's Yeah. It's it's the best form of flattery though right? i'm quite i'm actually it's quite flattering i'm yeah. like wow actually somebody is copying that saying it's their design wow it, it's it's <laughs> i didn't think it was that great but all right dude yeah. make some money cool you know um but 
mid controls, bolt on stuff. Mm-hmm. Bolt on stuff is a huge market. And I mean, I, I talked to a lot of dudes who are great builders mm-hmm. and I've talked to a lot of guys who are builders and have parts lines, mm-hmm. uh, getting to talk with Arlen Ness, uh, I want to say probably six, seven years ago mm-hmm. was one of the best opportunities I ever had because, also. uh, well, he, he has a, an amazing parts line. Mm-hmm. You know, him and his children are never going to want for money. Sure. But he also built bikes. Yeah. So <clears throat> what he did was he, he said, if, if you're just starting out building bikes and stuff, you're not going to want to be 60 years old, crawling around your shop floor, changing oil and chains and pulling motors in and out of frames mm-hmm. it's for the birds by the time you're 60 man he's like build your parts line hmm. it's passive income it's not necessarily an asset but <clears throat> it's passive income right and what's even better is if you can build a bike you can now showcase your entire parts line hmm. so there's guys out there that really push their 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 builds you know right. which is great and i see these guys blowing up their instagram they got a thousand likes you know ah yeah you know and it's like on chop call everyone's like sucking their knob like oh that's so sick <laughs> you know and i'm like yeah and i'm over here like just super quiet in the back of an industrial complex busting my hump making parts sure sure um What's going to happen though is a is a trend is going to change, hmm. you know. Uh, an economy could change. Um, there's a, a number of things that uh, exterior influences that no one has any control over sure. that can affect uh, a builder's income mm-hmm. or whether a builder is getting bikes made or not. There's a huge dry period, like after the whole chopper phase, like mm-hmm. the big, disgusting long bikes with 300 series tires that turning them is like dragging a dead cow. Yeah, uh, handling at slow speeds is. Right. A drunk pig on a frozen pond. It's, it's terrible. There you go. There's the barnyard references. So after that, there was, I mean, I think there was a big void in the motorcycle industry because nobody really had any money. The bottom mm-hmm. fell out of the economy. Everyone was trying to sell off their toys. Right. So custom, that they bought for a hell of a lot of money. And, and that I've they didn't have. Them, and I've seen them. So a $70,000 chopper, right? Mm-hmm. Going for like 10 grand. Oh, that's try five. <laughs> Man, like, can you imagine? You know, you bought it, like you said, with money that you didn't have. You financed it probably. You yep. eventually paid it off. Maybe you bought it in 2000 and then you paid it off by 2005. Mm-hmm. And now you've got to sell it because the bottom fell out of the economy. And you're losing your house. You're living in your grandmother's and shit. And you're only going to get $5,000 for it. That's, man. Ouch. Whereas. But that's case in point. That's yeah. an exterior circumstance that. No one has any control over. Right. And if you're not prepared for that stuff to happen, your business will go down the tubes. Sure. There's so many companies out there that are building choppers that are what? Now they're a one-man, two-man show in a garage mm-hmm. because the economy fell. Did those guys make any parts? Maybe one of them had like a sprocket kit or something. Yeah. But they didn't really focus on creating a line that could sustain them hmm. because people are going to have Honda Shadows for, I mean, shoot, another 100 years. Who knows? Yeah. They're going to be around for a long time. At least they're built that way. <laughs> exactly my point. So they're going to have those bikes for a while. Yeah. They're always going to need cool parts. People yeah. are always going to want neat parts. They're always going to want, oh, yeah, all my bolts look like crap. They're scuzzy. Cool. Get a stainless bolt kit. Oh, I want to get rid of my controls off my bars. Here, single cable throttle assembly for Honda Shadow. Yeah. Booyah. Oh, I want to put a Harley headlight on my Honda Shadow instead of the stock one, which isn't too bad, but... You know, you find a cool like triangle RS headlighter, you the swap meet and you're like, oh my God, look at this crusty cracked glass. That's so cool, right. you know? And I made a mount, an adapter for it. Huh. So years to come, people are still going to be needing that stuff. Hmm. And that's 
it's I'm really stoked that I found a way to fill a void in the world that you know there's yeah. nothing for previously. So I have a friend of mine. Uh, you have friends. That's good. Jo- I do. I have friends. <laughs> actually at one point I was really good at making friends. <laughs> But um, I do have I do have a friend that moved. you had kids. It's okay, right? Now I replaced my <laughs> friends with my children and my wife, who just puts up with me. Boy, he's got lady. he's got really cool kids, by the way. Oh, thanks, man. Um, my buddy Joe, who when I first started looking at bikes, this was like I don't know three years ago, maybe mm-hmm. four years ago. I, I wanted to get a Harley. I was like, okay, I've waited you know fifteen years. Like, I'm patience. Gonna, I'm gonna get a bike. Yeah, it was the for the longest time. It was the night train. Like that was the bike I was gonna get. The oh, Harley night oh, train. All black. Yeah, all black. Okay, I have a question so for you. Good. Why is it that all the Harley bikes mm-hmm. are just really, really gay names? Like the Night Rod. Yeah. Okay. The Night Train. Yeah. The Fat Bob. Yeah. The Fat Boy. I mean, is this like a gay club that's naming the bikes, it, or what? Are they hiring the local uh, Golden Pole to to <laughs> to uh, a coalition to name the Harley bikes? I, I, I don't get it. I take solace in the fact <clears throat> that mine is a deuce, right? Okay. So okay. Come on. Decent. Come on. It's a manly thing. Yeah. Deuce I go and poop? I drop a deuce. <laughs> in this case, I go and I I haven't dropped the deuce, thank God, but I get and ride on the deuce. So that's yeah, I ride. Poop. It's a log ride. <laughs> So awesome! <laughs> it's I just I'm sorry to interrupt you. I no, I, it's perfect, that has man. always boggled my mind. Why would you call that the night rod? Yeah, because that it, sounds like something you're being raped by in an alley. <laughs> yeah. And then he pulled out the night rod, you know. And then I never walked again. Yes, well, yeah, I believe your your uh, your attacker goes by the name the Nightster. <laughs> right. He's cohorts worth. Fat Bob. Do you know him? It's like, oh, God, this is just like a horrible gay crime in the, syndicate. In the early days, they were well-named. Flathead, right? Or before that, you just yeah. had the basic, you know, JD motor or whatever, JD-style motor. Yeah, right. So you had the Flathead, then you had or Knucklehead. Or Model K or something. Yeah. yeah. You had Panhead, then you had a shovel. Yeah, the cool. Sporsters, obviously. That's cool. Right. Or and a Knucklehead. Like, that just sounds like tough, you right. know? And then you had it, what, Super Glide or Wide Glide? Like, that, that started getting really gay. It's wide okay. Glide? Well, we all know what a Wide Glide is. Right. That's some, it's like a moped. <laughs> no, it's I was something thinking you ride worse. you don't want to tell your friends about. I was thinking, like, <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yes. The but, flags. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, in order to not be hated, um, yes. I forget where I was going with that. <laughs> you really wanted a Harley. You waited like 15 oh, yeah. years. So my buddy Joe yeah. has this uh, 650, 650 Shadow. and What year? Do you remember? 2003? 600. 600? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then you made a 650 in 2003. The 650 was a very short-lived When was shadow. the 750? 750? Oh, they had 750s in the 80s. So maybe it was a 750? I don't know. Joe can correct me if I'm wrong. When this podcast sure. comes out, Joe, you get on Instagram and you tell me I'm wrong. So I wanted to buy his bike because yeah. he wanted to sell it. And he, of course, wanted to get a, uh, a Harley Dangerous. Yeah, he wanted to get a Harley Dangerous. I think he <laughs> wanted to ride a, a one of the street glides. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what he wants. That's what he has now. So anyway. <laughs> Again, that's the name terrible. of the hooker, right? Right. <laughs> She's a street glide. <laughs> They're awesome. I bet you this will be the most downloaded, <laughs> most commented on podcast ever. Sweet. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so I was going to buy this bike from him, mm-hmm. and I just kept thinking, the way he had it set up, he had these huge apes on it. I mean, they were like way above his head. Um, he had it basically set up like an East Los Angeles kind of low rider, right? And it was a cool looking bike. Sure. Um, and I just kept thinking like, 
I can't live with myself riding a Honda. You're no, not, you're not chill enough. No, well, it was that, and I wanted to. Of course, when I first came in, I was like everybody else. I'm like, oh, those bikes on Suns. That's all yeah. anyone wants now. I just oh. want T bars ah. and a little bit of you know a little nest quarter uh, fairing, twelve inch drives T bars. Yeah, that's what I want. Brush guards, all black, everything all day. Because I'll look like a badass no matter <laughs> what I'm wearing. I could be wearing dolphin shorts and like high you know colored football socks and until still look you great. go riding on Sunday. And you look just the same as everybody else. And everybody else. That's right. That's right. So I got past that phase. But, um, and, and I went, thank you. A little therapy. I, I, turned, I turned some pages of the internet and realized, <laughs> you know, I really like mid to late 60s shoppers. That's you let your I browser like. reload? I did. I did. <laughs> and I went, oh, thank God. There's better bikes out there. Um, but, and no disrespect to anybody who rides a Dyna. I mean, Dyna's actually, a- I know one of the guys who built the bikes for Sons of Anarchy. He's a, I mean, and I don't think anybody who who built them would think, oh, it's going to start a whole trend. Yeah, you know, just he he's told a, an artistic thing to do. Okay, he's going to do it. You well, know? He took it, inspiration it's, it's, from what I understand from like the, the early you know Frisco bikes, the bikes that were. There's a little bit, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But I mean, he's a good builder, yeah. you know, and that's makes good bikes. It just yeah. it just so happens that. All these people are coming out of the woodwork. They watch the show. Now they want to be Billy Badass, and right. they go buy a Dyna, you know. And first they get the shirt. First they get the shirt, and then they wear the, <laughs> the SOA hoodie. And I'm like, dude, and that, they wear the white you... sneakers. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it's a drama. I get it. I love it. I watch it every. I week. can't stand it. I just watched uh, the episode today, actually, while I was working. <laughs> it was minimized over here, and I was working away. <laughs> And and I love the show. I think it's great. I think it's drama, motorcycles. There's violence. You know. Soap opera for men. It's exactly it. Yeah. No more SOA. Okay. So I remember thinking about this bike and just thinking, yeah. you know, I really want that bike. But at the same time, I want a Harley. Yeah. So what do I do? What do I do? But I remember thinking to myself, where did you get all these cool parts for this Honda? Like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't really know much about, you know, bikes at that time as far as, like, from uh, bolt-on stuff or whatever. But... His bike was pretty rad, and I know he didn't. Um, he did some of the stuff himself, you know. But he, it wasn't like he took it to a shop and said, "Hey, you know, make this look like an East Los Angeles low rider." Mm-hmm. That just wasn't. That just didn't happen. <laughs> you know, he bought the he bought the bars, and everything else was kind of bolt on. Yeah. But I had never seen a Honda Shadow look that cool prior to, you know, you being to seeing his bike. bike yeah. yeah. And so ever since then, I just always remember thinking, you know, I. I'd build a little Honda bobber. That'd be cool. And then I met uh, Josh Schroeder from uh, Scoundrel Clothing, and he okay. rides a little Honda bobber that he built. And, I mean, it's nothing, like, super special. It's not – I wouldn't put it in the same genre as, as your bikes, mm-hmm. but he did it himself. Sure. And the thing's still riding to this day. And it's been down twice. So Do you know uh, Booze Bomber? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he rides a – he's got – I think it's a 750. Okay. He rides – he's got a Honda. Um, his buddy Saint has one, too. Okay. So <clears> – <throat> I mean, there's a couple people that have them. I mean, and it's getting more and more popular. I used to be able to pick pick a used one up for like twelve hundred bucks. Now, because people are getting them. Now I'm. You go on Craigslist and you see like <laughs> someone chopped the fender off. Call it, it still a has a stock seat and it, it has stock bars. <laughs> and they cut the mufflers off, which is really crappy because most people don't know mm-hmm. the front exhaust pipe has an inner pipe. Yeah. Tube. Excuse me. Has an inner tube on there. It's in case that outer f- goes flat. That has an inner. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I, I and I, and they're two different sizes. The front yeah. and rear exhaust uh, are pipes are two different sizes. I didn't know that. So the front one, if you cut the muffler off, mm-hmm. the inner tube rattles around inside, and up at the head, it rips itself free. Uh. So a lot of guys will heat wrap them, 
and then so it increases listen. the heat up at the top and then right. the inside rips free and then your exhaust sounds really weird it's like what is that and you're like yeah. I'm trying to replicate the sound i only know this because it happened to me about <laughs> right. seven years ago right i was that idiot right <laughs> and so now i try to tell people don't do that oh it's gonna be open pipes so i'm like it it, it not as good as you think it is, yeah. you know? And then you find like these random Mexichrome dump outs that people like screw on and it's all lumpy and shitty looking. And yeah. guys are selling this, trying to sell this stuff on Craigslist for like five grand. Yeah. I'm like, dude, are you delusional? Brand new. These were 42. Yeah. <laughs> off the lot with it's, zero miles. It's custom now, bro. It's not. No, you, you took off like $400 worth of shit that I could have sold if he was still stock. Right. So, you know, it's. <laughs> It's it's really interesting how the motorcycle industry has changed because of, you know, I mean, certain shows and... Because uh, everybody's a garage builder nowadays, maybe? Yeah. I'm probably going to get a lot of hate mail for that, but it's okay to tinker on your own stuff. I, I actually, I think it's great. Honestly, I mean, a lot of people might poo-poo it, but um, <clears throat> like I was telling you about the electrical guys before, like, yeah. dude, be careful with your electrical. You could set yourself on fire. Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, it's cool. I got it. I know. So my dad's electrician, lineman, pipe fitter. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. All right. <laughs> I'm just trying to help you out. Four months later. You know, it, hey. it's, it, uh, I get a text. Yeah. Bike is dead. I'm like, need a new battery or what, what do you mean? No, no, it's And dead. I get a picture immediately afterward <laughs> of a gray, ash gray pile <laughs> With a motor and I'm like, oh, but hey, the kickstand still works. Hey, <laughs> the bars are all wompy. Like there's just, there's no wheels. Yeah. And I built this guy a beautiful set of pipes, just big, long, gorgeous pipes. And he already chopped his bike. So the challenge was figuring out where to mount these sure. on a frame that I didn't have. Yeah. So I figured out a mounting system to where he could adjust it. Because I knew if he's going to do this to his bike, it's got to be within this range. Yeah. You can't go anywhere else with it. So I was really stoked on that. And they just sounded amazing. And a few months down the road, toast. So, But I do I do encourage guys to, to work on their own stuff, you yeah, know? sure. Um, if you ask me how I built something or what specs it is, no, I'm not going to tell you that. I, do you know how long I freaking worked on that? Yeah. Do you know how much money I had to dump into that to, to make the first one? Like, No. Yeah. Yeah. Make it yourself. I'm not going to give that away. <laughs> like you get emails. How do I hardtail my bike? Chop it and put things in it. Two words. The internet. <laughs> yeah. There's there's a guy. Okay. There's a guy named Ola Stenegard, right? Okay. And I believe he's like an engineer for BMW Motorrad. He designs like motorcycles for <laughs> them or something. Um, he said something in an interview on, I, is it Bike XE or Moto XE? I always get it screwed up. It's a little website. Bike XF. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And... He said, I don't believe there's any bike out there that can't be made awesome with a torch and a grinder. Sure. And that's, it's so true. You know, you got a bike like, well, that's how I started. It was super freaking fuggly. (laughs) Uh, It was awful. This is awful. Like period blood. They called it cherry, but it was period blood red. (laughs) And (laughs) you say potato, I say tomato, you know? (laughs) So, uh, that's, that's how it starts. And a lot of people, especially because the economy is now starting to come back up, Mm -hmm. A lot of people still aren't super well off, but you can go pick up a grinder at Harbor Freight, you know? 12 bucks if you have the coupon. Just saying. Boom. Right there. <laughs> it may not last six years, but, you know. Make sure cares? to cover your gas tank. Don't blow yourself up, you and know? for God's sake, <laughs> wear a freaking protection shield of some kind. Glasses. Gloves. Just something. I've seen so many pictures, internet pictures, Did- of grinder discs from oh. Harbor Freight, like in the chin, yep. on the neck, yep. in the knee. Do you know Jordan Hamilton? Mm, Jordan he- 
he used to he's a he's kind of a shorter dude super punk rock no one of my best friends i love that guy um he's actually helped me out a lot with building bikes and um give me a lot of good advice but he had a shop called originals by jordan hamilton okay um he kind of got into real estate now but <clears throat> he's missing a finger because of a grinder a grinder yeah and people always give me crap like why are you wearing your safety glass i'm like dude i had a shard of metal in my eye a few years ago for mm-hmm. four days i did not sleep and they had to drill it out of my eye brutal i was so tired i went outside of the building and there was grass in the shade i laid down i fell asleep I didn't wake up till like 10 o'clock at night. The security guard's like, hey, hey, man, uh, you can't sleep here. I'm like, sorry, I haven't slept in four days. I just had a shard of metal drilled out of my eye. I felt so good. <laughs> He's looking at you like, He's like, where'd you put the bottle? Right? Yeah, yeah. The doctor's like, you can't close your eyes. This will rip your eyelid off. I'm like, yeah. okay. So I had to sit there and do this. And focus on the corner of the room, and my whole vision is going right. while he's like drilling in a hole in my eye. Oh, brutal. But it was so good. It was I felt amazing after. I was like, Bad. "There's a hole in my eye, huh?" And he goes, "Yeah, it's actually a little divot out of your cornea." So, dude, even when I wear safety glasses, I have eye washes. Like I, I blow through those things. Yeah, because I feel something in there. It's a fucking eyelash. It turns out to be, but yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I'm blasting it out of there. You're not getting drilled on again. No, I don't have money for that anymore. Right. I don't have insurance. Right. So I think the garage building thing's cool, and I actually build a lot of parts that are um, aimed towards guys like that, like the do-it-yourself exhaust kits. Yeah. I sell tubing on my website for exhaust. That's right. I sell the bends. You can get four uh, four degree radius, three three degree two or three inch, uh, two and a half, two like forty fives, nineties. I'll sell you a length of six feet if you want. Like mm-hmm. I'm all about that. You that's know. Rad. I mean, that's, if that's anything, encouraging the next the next generation. Yeah, and even I mean, it's like. Okay, but you're not really selling any major parts. You're just helping someone else build their own bike. Yeah, but it's developing a good relationship, you know? Yeah. Now they know I'm a cool dude, and I'm down with them building their own thing. I mean, I can't tell you how many emails, texts, calls, Facebook messages, statuses I get p- tagged in mm-hmm. about how to fix shit on people's bikes. Sure. So that keeps me pretty busy. Yeah. And that kind of proves to me, like, dude, keep putting out stuff that people can do themselves. It's yeah. really, really important. And it's not going to be a bad thing for your business. I think you could even, you know, look at um, – I'm going to promote them because I, I I think what they're doing is a good thing. Do but, it. Do it. Uh, look at what Biltwell's done. Look at what, yeah. you know, Lowbrow's done. And there's other places that do it too, maybe not as big. <clears throat> but Lowbrow, you know, is, is – taken you know parts from different uh makers different yeah. uh, fabricators and brought it to a site where they can you know purchase it they revolutionize <clears throat> um the online shopping experience i think for for motorcycles sure absolutely. they're part of the entire evolution of the past decade yeah i think a huge part of it actually and what they're doing i mean both those companies what they're doing is working where you know i can go if i have a stock sportster or even a stock big twin, I can go there and buy everything I need to make my own chopper. Yep. I'm going to have to learn how to put those things on and how to weld and all that stuff. Yeah. But I could do it. You know, anybody can really do it. Yeah. How well you do it is a whole other, yes. a whole yes. other can of worms. You're going to learn. Let's just put it that way. You'll learn. I mean, <laughs> exactly. Everybody learns, right? And so, but there's something about, especially I think in a society today where we're at, where as men, most of us go to work in an office, in a cube, Mm-hmm. We don't work with our hands. You know, we're not constantly creating something or doing something that gives us a, a result like yeah. we used to. Farming, you know, doing building things like that. There are a lot of the dudes that still do that: construction, electrician, yeah. plumbers, whatever. But um, a majority, I think, of even a lot of people who listen to this podcast, you know, they're 
they may not have jobs that um, allow them to do physical things. Yeah. And so when they're in the garage and they can, they get their shipment of parts. I mean, that's a great mail day. I I think honestly, you know, uh, feminism is a good thing. Mm -hmm. It promotes equality between the sexes, but there is a, uh, an extreme element of that, that has uh, a friend of mine posts on Facebook saying, why, um, since when, what'd she say? Since when did every man become a pussy? And I said, <laughs> since feminism sunk its claws into everything that is man. Yeah. And everybody was like, yep, yep, yep. It's not the actual, when you really get down to it, feminism has nothing to do, it shouldn't have anything to do with that. Right. Equality between the sexes has nothing to do with that. But what's happened is the extremist element of that has been pushed really hard. Hmm. So you had the whole, you know, Metro thing happening mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. And the problem is women are like, I'm super dependent. I do my own thing. I don't, I don't need man to support me. Right. So men are like, cool, fuck it. I don't have to do shit. I'm out. I don't need to be a breadwinner. <laughs> yeah. I can be a lazy asshole and play video games all day. Right. So we oh, have, and I'm going to wear skinny jeans. It, we have bitchified men. Right. So men don't have a real reason to need to be a fucking man. Yeah. And you know, be a man. It doesn't mean you're a tyrant or a misogynist or, or an abusive asshole. It means you're a man. Okay. And a woman should, can be a woman. Like she can still have a job and stuff. It's great. But the way the extremist element of feminism got pushed really hard for a while was, I think it came out in, um, in social media. It came out in TV shows and radio shows and talk shows and Mm -hmm. popular media, pop culture period pushed it hard. Right. And, you know, a lot of people jumped on the bandwagon, but they failed to realize the repercussions of that is 10 years from now, every man you find doesn't know how to do his own laundry, cook his own food, doesn't know how to fix his own bike, can't change a freaking flat tire, doesn't know what a spark plug is or where to find them. (laughs) So I really, I'm trying by offering those parts that people can work on and by giving people this advice for free Mm -hmm. over the phone. All I ask is I say, Hey, if I'm, if I'm going to help you over the phone or email, leave me a review on Yelp yeah. or on my Facebook. Just say TJ sucks dick for quarters. I don't care. Whatever it is, <laughs> <clears throat> positive or negative, I'll take it. <laughs> but that enables me to like help people mm-hmm. and get something in return for my time. But for me, I feel like that's part of me helping to debitchify the men of America. Hmm. Like, yeah, you can do this, dude. Oh, it's dude, it's not that hard. Here. Yeah. I'll text you a diagram. I've done this numerous times. I'm just going to drop a diagram really quick on this tube services thing. Okay, there you go. Text it to you, you know, and it's encouraging guys to, to go out and even women too, to go in their garage and build something, get hands on, you know, there's a really great meme floating around. says the future belongs to those of us who aren't afraid to get our hands dirty. Yeah. So, um, and I think it's really good for not only the mind, but the soul. Jeff Holt actually wrote a really great piece in a street chopper. I think it's the one where there's like a Don and Fawn's pink pan head is on the front. Okay. Uh, he wrote a whole piece about, you know, when your, your, your man is out in the garage wrenching on his stuff, trying to fit parts from 60 years of, that were made 60 years apart, make them fit together. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's not, he's trying to get away from everybody or anything. Uh, he puts it much more eloquently than sure, I am, sure. but uh, it's a really great piece about, you know, that's, that's, a really important part of a man's life or yeah. even, even some women love doing that mm-hmm. going out in the garage and spending time with that machine. It's a journey. It's a, 
um, it's something you can fall in love with over and over and over again. I mean, I'm getting chills thinking about like it's the same thing that pushes people. I'm going to say people, regardless of man or woman, right, to, right, to play with Legos, to play with an Erector set, to play with Lincoln Logs, like when you were a kid, right? Encouraging that creativity and understanding that. You know, not only is it a motorcycle mm-hmm. where you're on the road and there's nothing but you and your bike. Mm-hmm. That's like an exposed motor. You're strapped to this dangerous thing with a tank of explosive fuel in front of you. It's pretty <clears> insane <throat> when you think about going it. Going 80 miles an hour yeah. down the 91. Right. And uh, somehow it's soothing. Yeah. Somehow, like, all your worries go away. No one's there to yell at you or talk to you. I mean, yeah, you got to deal with drivers, but... Um, not only is there that freedom element and that awesome, like badass on a motorcycle element, but mm-hmm. you have the whole element of like, I had a creative say in this. Like I mm-hmm. put some, a part of me into this thing. I mean, you can do the same with cars, but I think a motorcycle is so much more intimate because it's not, it wasn't ever really meant for like two people. It's, it's more of a solo yeah. vehicle. Yeah. You know, you can always king queen seats, ride two up. That's fine. But it's really was intended for a single person to ride. Sure. You know, one guy on there, one girl on there. Um, and that's, you know, hope, I'm hoping in the next, you know, 15, 20 years that people, more and more people are going to start doing their own things and pulling away from big corporations. And, yeah. you know, they'll be a little more self-sufficient. And uh, you don't... One can hope. You don't have to call a guy to fix the pump in your in your washing machine, okay? It's like 20 it's minutes and funny you should mention $10. That. Why? Because <laughs> we had a leak in our washing machine. <laughs> And I, I, so me, never worked on a washing machine before. Mm -hmm. First thing I did, went to YouTube. 80 series Kenmore. Right. Okay, look, how to remove cabinet from 80 series. Okay, screws, screws. Cool. Went out in the garage, grabbed my tool, pulled the whole cabinet off. Okay, now I need to look for a leak. I know how to look for leaks. Grab a flashlight. The motorcycle taught you that. Feel all the hoses. You know, oh, oh, there's wetness there. I couldn't find anything. But up at the top, I found a leaking uh, where the inlet comes in from your cold and hot water. Mm-hmm. There's like some control modules and stuff there. And, and basically, there's a little uh, tube that runs up and over and dumps water into your barrel, essentially, the big yeah. tub. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and right at the top, you know those little <clears throat> clips that look like a claw? There's like two and then one in the middle, and they wrap around a hose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what those are called. Uh, they don't come off easy. You got to like pinch them with a pair of pliers and try yeah, to Yeah, and then them. try to finagle them up the, up the hose. Exactly. Yeah. Well, this one looked like it had just i mean the whole hose was just rusted and corroded and oh. i thought you know what that's probably where the water's coming from <laughs> so i looked online parts like 10 15 bucks depending on who you buy it from plus another 10 for shipping and i thought hmm. told my wife what's my wife say go to the hardware store just buy some tubing and you know and i'm like no you don't understand like it's bent and it's it's made this certain way so i end up going down to the hardware store buy some you know pressure uh the tubing that'll handle pressure. And right, right. Some hose clamps, put it on there, put it all back together, ran a load, didn't leak. And I was like, yeah. yay me. <laughs> See, YouTube is great, but you got to be careful. Like, oh, I yeah. had a kid come to my shop with cables cut. He cut the ferrules off the cables. What? <clears throat> He's like, yeah, can you fix these? I'm like, hmm? no. What? <laughs> what? What did you do? What, did you? Were you trying to salvage the cable inside to recycle? Or I wanted I to don't short get them. It. <laughs> Yeah, <clears throat> he got bigger bars, but needed shorter cables, which he actually ended up needing like eight more inches. But um, he said, yeah, I watched a YouTube video and a guy took a live. I watched the YouTube video. The guy takes a live round like a bullet. Let's say mm-hmm. it's a bullet over a candle and burns the lead out of it. What? <clears throat> yep. Regular solder is not strong enough to hold the ferrule on the steel cable. 
I'm like, that's a freaking live round, redneck. Right. Well, at least he was holding it. <clears throat> so if it went off, he was holding the shell. Would have blown a hole in his hand. Right. <laughs> and his face, too, probably. Depending on which hey, way. Great YouTube video, went. right? Right. But he's burning a bullet. Wow. So there's and, and that's that's the only downside of like a lot of these shops that are popping up like such and such bobbers or such and such this like they're giving out I'm I'm seeing these people online on forums or groups giving out people really bad information. Sure. That is incorrect, that's unsafe, that's uh I mean I hope I never get accused of just talking to someone just to try and sell shit uh, right. because I spent a lot of years in sales but I'm I really work hard to not just be a salesman. Mm-hmm. I am a walking advertisement for my shop, but someone needs something. Let me help you. Sure. You know, if my product's going to help you, I'll suggest it. But if there's also another way, I will let you know, you know, it's like the, the YouTube is a great tool for people to use, especially home builders and stuff, but there's a lot of misinformation. You got to You got to use the, uh, <coughs> rule of, um, you know, yeah. you bring up one video, watch about six of them. And if the consensus is you do it this way, then the common denominator. Be, yeah. You want the common it, denominator there. Yeah. It might be the way to do it. Use otherwise. your own common sense yeah. and find the common <laughs> denominator of the 75 videos on how to change your brake fluid. Right. And you'll probably come up with a good one. Yeah. So. It's, that's the truth. That's I think that's the world we live in, the digital world we live in nowadays. But um, I wanted to ask you uh, yeah. if you had – so I'm going to switch this up a little bit. Sure. I usually asked I, – I asked two questions, but – with you, I'm going to ask one question. Oh, goody. If there was <laughs> one thing that you could make happen, uh, let's say let's say for 2015, if there's one thing you could make happen, what would it be? In what aspect? You know, I'm just going to leave it however, just however like, you so interpret, it. interpret it. How yeah. I want. Wow. Damn, I was not prepared for this. <laughs> um Shoot. There's One so many thing different ways you happen. could go, right? Yeah. I mean, the two major focuses of my life, I mean, first and foremost is my shop. Um, now right next to that uh, is my band. Um, in 2015, I would like to see the full implementation of systems installed in my business that are going to allow me to continue growing hmm. and to scale beyond what i'm i'm hoping for so far every single year i've passed my goal Mm -hmm. for my three-year five-year ten-year two whatever every year i have goals Mm -hmm. every single year i've blown them out of the water which has been really good but i mean the next year i really hope to implement some better systems as far as like uh, my web store um my website i really want to bring those together to be one Mm -hmm. whole entity um, I want to have more interaction with customers online. Um, <clears throat> I'd hope to double my product line by the end of 2015. So okay. I hope to have 200 products. Awesome. So it's a lofty goal, but yeah. so far the goals that I have set have been attained and I have surprised myself. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a really good surprise, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, if, you, if you had um, – How do I want to word this? Words are hard. They are hard. Because <laughs> I want to make sure I articulate it so as not to give away anything. But okay, um, if you if you got a phone call from uh, Chris Huber asking if you want to be a part of Born Free mm-hmm. Seven, let's say for mm-hmm. this this coming year, 
Um, what do you think your answer would be? Is that even a question? <laughs> it is. It is. Because there's a lot that goes along with it, right? I mean. Yeah. I mean, I got to build a whole bike. Yeah. And I, I'd say absolutely yes. Without, without a shadow of a doubt. I wouldn't skip a beat. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> I would say absolutely. I would, that if would be. If you listen to this, Chris, I'm recommending. That guy. would be, that would blow my mind and I'd probably need to take a nap. Yeah. But, <laughs> awesome. um, or go take a bike ride or something. I mean, that, that would sure. be really cool. I would love to do that because that, when I started doing this, I really, and it's still, this is still in my heart. Mm-hmm. I want to change, I want to change the world. That sounds kind of gay, but I do. And I want to change the way the world sees Honda Shadows. And I want to change the entire industry. Well, there's a saying about, you know, uh, well, there's a couple of sayings. <laughs> I'm sure there's lots of sayings out there. This saying. Uh, Don't that, cheese on Tuesdays. <laughs> right. <laughs> a prophet's never honored in his own land. Yeah. Right? There's that one. That's the uh, non-positive encouragement. <laughs> then there's the encouragement that, um, you know, if you want to change the world, you start with yourself. And, and I interpret that as to change it locally mm-hmm. even. Yeah. And it seems like you've already done that. I mean, just from what I've seen, and granted, it's on social media, um, but I've been to your event, or at least one of the events. Mm-hmm. I haven't been to your shop yet, which I'd love to come by sometime. Anytime, dude. Um, but you can see kind of the splash from all that, you know, from the event, from what you're cool, doing man. online. And and I think that that should be an encouragement for sure. It is. It, it really is. I mean, and, and uh, first and foremost, I had a conversation with my friends. I was like, we were talking about like, what if you had a million dollars, you know? And one of the things I brought up was like, I always worry about like, what if I, what if I get like, what if I had a lot of money? Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a dick. Right. Like, dude, so many people get money and they're like total dicks. Yeah. Like Dr. Dickhead. Like yeah. now you just have uh, <laughs> two letters in front of your name, but it's still dickhead. Right. Like, you know? <clears throat> um, so, I mean, every day I have things written on the walls around my shop. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm an Eagle Scout. It sounds strange i suppose but um it's not strange a lot of the stuff that i learned as a kid and in the past years um even from mentors of mine people i look up to some of my heroes have now become my peers yeah which is really cool um but at the same time staying humble a lot of people say you know oh grind hard stay humble but then they become stuck up pieces of shit right um have i given you my wisdom Grind hard, stay humble. That's so humble of you eat, to tell eat, me that. Eat a dick. <laughs> yeah. Go home. In fact, here's a bag of them. Here's, here's a satchel. I mean, it say bag. Is it like baguette sticking out of it? Or is it like meat packaging? Or I mean, no, I, was I was just, wondered. I always thought just like a bag. But it's yeah. probably a sack. Is maybe, a sack. A sack it's of a dicks. dirty, moist sack. It's a little distasteful. So I just... Bad visuals. It is. It is. Bad visuals. Um, I've been really blessed to have a lot of really cool people in my life. I would not be anywhere where I am without the kindness, the grace, um, the friendship uh, of my friends. I'm surrounded by things in my shop that people were like, oh, you need this? Well, here, you can have my tubing notcher. I'm like, that's a JD squared tubing notcher, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm done with the race truck. I don't need it anymore. I'm like, uh, oh, okay. okay, sure. You know, um, and stuff like that, having an overwhelming sense of gratitude on a daily basis, I think, uh, has allowed me to re- remember, you know, dude, mm-hmm. I'm just a dude doing something I love. And just because I want to change the world doesn't mean I'm, I'm any better than anybody else. I mean, sure. 
okay, maybe I am. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you just have the passion to do it. Yeah. And, and, uh, I try to maintain, you know, a foundation for my business and myself, you know, of, uh, trust, loyalty, honor, respect. Mm-hmm. Uh, I treat every customer as I would a friend. Um, I went to Keith Moore's Memorial. Uh, he used to mm-hmm. run Moore cycle in Fullerton, mm-hmm. uh, triumph BSA shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, that dude literally would cough and ashes would fly out of his mouth. It was crazy. Wow. <laughs> but, uh, he, he passed away in his shop, you know, mm. but some of the things people had to say about him really struck a chord with me. Um, people said, you know, I, that he treated everybody like a friend hmm. and <clears throat> when you're dead and you're gone mm-hmm. there, all you owned is garbage. Mm-hmm. It basically people fight over it or whatever, or the government repossesses it. I don't know. <laughs> <clears throat> Basically, it doesn't matter anymore. Right. All that matters is how you treated people and the impressions you left upon other souls. Right. So I know that. And it doesn't mean I'm a, I have to be all touchy-feely all the time or anything. But, <laughs> you know, I think there's – it's important to give gratitude to people who have done good things for you. Yeah. I think it's important to show respect to people. I think it's important to say what you're trying to say to somebody, you know, yeah. if I talk to somebody who's doing something similar, say, Hey, I've been building this part, but I, I really want to make sure I'm not stepping on your toes. Like if this is something mm-hmm. that would, you know, you think is encroaching on your, your profits or your ability to create an income, let me know. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I'm not, I haven't been around for a long time and I think it's important to give credit where it's due and pay your dues. Sure. Um, but like I said, the, you know, the cornerstones of what I'm doing is, 12 things. Yeah. <laughs> a scout is trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. So awesome. all that goes into what I built my business on. So, I, I had the <clears> and my personal character. I, I've seen that. I mean, I've seen that in the couple times I've met you. Cool. That's um, awesome. That's really that, encouraging. That really speaks volumes to me when I can see it in someone's character, even within just like a few meetings. That's really cool. Thank you. Um, I also had the pleasure of seeing your band play. Um, oh, cool. I can't remember when. I think it was about a year ago. Shovels and Shivs? Yeah. Was that it? Shovels or or uh, I was uh, Spaghetti Gardening Implements and Cutlery. That was yes. it. Was, uh, <laughs> I'm sure you guys have all the fun, like, you know, just, names. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, just for the list of people watching this, listeners. Uh, I'm in a band called Spades and Blades. It's like progressive metal core. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty heavy. It's loud. Your grandma probably would hate it. Um, your girlfriend might like it. But uh, yeah, it's fun. I love it. Was, it. it was a great show. I got to see them. Thank uh, you. It was at the. What's that place in Fullerton near the slide, slide bar? bar? Mm-hmm. Near the slide bar? Is it the slide bar? Slide bar is like the the downtown. It's Fullerton like uh, yeah, it's like long bar inside, long bar out, outside. Yep. Okay, slide bar. yeah, slide bar. So I always think slide bar is that piano place, but that's something else. It's like the dueling pianos. Or... That was shut down because of underage drinking. Oh, the buckets of Corona. Yeah. So there's that. I was there when the cops came in. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I just, I just kept thinking dueling pianos. I love piano, but I don't think I would love dueling pianos. It was cool. like it was live. Cool. Was it cool? Yeah. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. I missed out on that. That's all right. You saw Spades and Blades though, so <laughs> and that was good Your life for is me. <laughs> I, I'm I'm actually a, a really snobby music critic, and uh, cool. And That's seeing good. you guys play live, and I took a bunch of pictures and stuff, and um, yeah, I was pretty impressed, man. Thank you. Thank you very much. I really so appreciate that. So what's your website for the band again? It's spadesandblades.com. Spadesandblades.com. And we're actually going on tour in December. Um, awesome. Where are you going? Uh, all across the U.S. I mean, we're not hitting the eastern seaboard. It's wintertime. So yeah. um, <clears throat> November 28th, I believe it is, we're doing the whiskey. Okay. Playing at the whiskey uh, with Virulent. 
Um, Solus Deus, I think another band. Really? I know, I know somebody in that band. I know a couple people from Solus Deus. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, the singer? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Jay? I know him. Yep. Jay. Yep. Yep. He's married to Co. Colette. Yep. 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 He's a good dude. Um, G Rock days. Yeah. Still films for G Rock too. Does he really? Yep. He yep. probably still has the tapes then from uh, <laughs> when we archives. We, we did a thing, and, and then I asked him to come in uh, pre-production for our studio thing and shot a bunch of videos. So that's awesome, Jay. If you still have the tapes, I'd be interested in having them. He's got to watch this. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're doing uh, we're doing whiskey Vegas, uh, San Diego. We're playing brick by brick. Okay. Um, and then we go out across the U.S. We got a bunch of different dates, and then on December fourteenth, which is also my birthday, awesome. We're playing. Um, we're playing in Huntington Beach okay. at a place called – I think it's called Fusion. But it's on Edinburgh and War, uh, Gothard. There used to be like Endless Food and Fun or whatever, which okay. sounds like a fat kid's dream. <laughs> I was thinking, it, hmm. yeah. did it shut down? Yeah, it it, got, because sorry. it didn't make any money. But now they've remodeled it. It's freaking amazing. There's like a bar in there now. They're doing comedy clubs. They have a nice stage, good sound reinforcement. So okay. we're playing our uh, – it's my birthday. We're doing a – birthday shindig and our last show the tour there so cool. i'll probably smell awful be exhausted and it'll be great i was gonna say that sounds like a perfect uh gig to right work. and then pass out for three days straight right, right. <laughs> this time with no metal in your eye yeah yeah actually that you know what i got glow stick in my eye once i was out in the Did desert really? and i cut a glow stick open i didn't know they were like pressurized but it mm. the metal was actually worse than glow stick wow yeah I, that, that would be so weird if the glow stick stuff didn't burn your eyes. It glowed, but you could put it in your eyes and just be like, "Bah!" <laughs> Freak oh, the crap it was out of people. it was excruciating. Was it really painful? I, oh yeah, I was crying for yeah. hours. <laughs> serious tears, tears are glowing. But, yeah, they, my whole face had glowy stuff all over it, and then like inside, like when I opened my eyes, yeah. around the edges of my eyelids was where it was like brightest because oh. it collected there, you know. That sucks. Were you doing this bit? Like, no, I actually cut it open with a freaking knife. Okay, I was gonna pour it on a rocker. I, I don't know. We had all been drinking a lot, yeah, and we're in the middle of freaking desert. We're out by Bismarck Mine. Okay, uh, yeah, that was. <laughs> Sounds like a great story. Sometimes, sometimes you make really great choices in life. Sometimes you don't. <laughs> I used to try to think about my choices, but then I was just like, "Yeah, let's cut this open." Oh. <laughs> That's so awesome. I was just thinking while you're saying that, I wonder if anybody tried to shoot one. That would be awesome. Yeah, you shoot them. Just put them out there and you could we blow in and just pow. With a twenty two. Yeah. That's good fun. Yeah. Responsible it's it's really hard to do usage. at night. Like, oh, sure. You know, especially if it's far away, but it, it's cool for about 10 seconds. Like, night, right? Night, <laughs> night scope. <laughs> it's cool for about 10 seconds, then it's like, okay. Yeah. None of this. Awesome. Well, TJ, thanks for being on uh, Chopper Profits. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. That was awesome. Awesome, awesome to have you on here. Thank you very much. Yeah. We'll catch up with you soon. Cool, man. Right, Everybody have a good night or day, whatever you do.